Hey, Grand Rising, and welcome back to the podcast. We are on episode 337 with Sean Mack of Zen Black Sheep. Before we begin the episode, I just want to give you a pre-understanding of what I'm trying to do this, this season and going forward. We are on season 14, episode 17, and the reset of a man part two with Sean Mack is another way to introduce how men have grown or possibly found ways to guide themselves back into life. Uh, a year or two back, I created the 10 pillars of manhood, and I kind of went down the examples of what I felt as I aged in life, um, just what was best for me and what I think was could be best for others if we find ways to apply mental health and self-betterment into our practice. So it is one of my longest episodes to date. Take some time. The suggested book going forward with this episode particularly is Daring Greatly. Uh, Sean had suggested that. So it is over an hour long. Please take some space to listen in. If you have any questions or concerns, please reach out to me at Only Black Cosmonaut. I would really love to um, start taking some opportunities, some space, and listening to some people's examples about how to grow into their manhood or masculinity and feminine side. It's all a balance. It's all about love. So let's do this. Thanks again. Bye. Hello, hello, Sean. Are you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Positive, positive. Grand Rising, and welcome to the Only Black Cosmonaut podcast. Um, Grand Rising. It is an honor to have you. And on this podcast, we do explore our inner universe and shine in a light of love and acceptance with planetary alignment. Sometimes that sounds a little bit broad, but it's really just building a conversation around the practice of mindfulness and meditation and even movement, finding a space to get hmm, to get with your inner universe. I have the term called inner space archaeologist, and I kind of break it down under the concept, under the word, in uh, the word clouds is an acronym, and it's consciousness leaping over unknown dimensions in space. I find ourselves so dynamic as humans and our ability to adapt and, and learn that there's so many ways to heal. And there's so many ways to grow and there's so many ways to understand. And what I found about you and why I'm so honored to have you on the podcast is that your work with certified holistic health, you know, and I've seen you do one-on-one uh, -on -one seminars with people and coaching and somewhat cultivating a space for people to be able to be, I don't know, it almost looks vulnerable as well as enough to share their growth. So Sean Mack, um, Zen Black Sheep on Instagram, thank you for doing your work. And I would love for you to take this time or take the space to talk to my listeners and tell us who you are and what brought you down this path. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me on here. Um, you know, I appreciate the love and the energy. It's well received and also reciprocated as well. Um, I've been a big fan of yours as well for quite a while. Thank and, you. You know, I always just try to show support and, you know, build community and tribe, you know, and, and doing it without the intention of, you know, trying to get something back. It's just more so of growth and just genuine human connection. So, yeah, I appreciate you. 
You're welcome, brother. You're welcome. So what got you down this path? You know, I mean, give us an example of the before and after. Why did you decide to become Zen Black Sheep? And specifically, what what power did you see in holistic healing um, in relation to manhood or even men? There's this energy of conversation that I've been kind of toting for the past two years. And it came to me just before I hit 40, um, just the idea of rites of passage. You know, it is. I think it's a continued conversation in our community as black people, but I think it also spreads across other cultures. But knowing myself and knowing how I understand my people, our rites of passage and that conversation can vary. You know, we can come from a Caribbean Caribbean background. We can come from a traditional background, meaning like American homestead, or we can come from a mixture of the two, from the southern or the north. And the rites of passage in conversation, it's usually, you know, your parent or a parental figure or the energy of the people above you are teaching you the ways to live and grow. They, they're passing down their wisdom to you. And a lot of ways mm-hmm. that we see that as black people is through our history. And sometimes we got to dig deep because the history that's given to us is not necessarily how we're fully portrayed or or it's not even true at all. You know, it's just a straight up lie. So um, mm-hmm. what what do you feel, you know, what brought you down this holistic path? What do you feel it, it has to work? And how did the name Zen Black Sheep come along? Yeah, that's, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about that. And, of course, I think about it in a macro, macro sense, you know, looking at my whole life and the whole journey in itself. You know, that's a long story for another day. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's definitely pivotal points that are just kind of like you mentioned that were rites of passage, but not traditional, like, rites of passage that were passed down um, to me. But more so, like, I created my own rite of passage and mm-hmm. knowing it or not knowing it at the time. So I'll give you an example of probably, let's see, going back about 2012, which I know there's a very... There's, there's there's a lot of information, there's a lot of um um but I found out significance with two thousand twelve as well. Mm-hmm. Being like an uh, like an awakening year for many for many um, you know, different like star seeds or people who came to this planet. Um, you know, and that's obviously like something um I would definitely definitely love to get deeper into. But yeah. for me two thousand twelve was a Another realization, I had like one big one when I was 19 in like 1999. And so in 1999, about 98-99, I went through a really, really bad depression. Mm. And so during that depression, it was like right after high school, I went into the, to the workforce. I didn't go to college because it wasn't something that was really told or, you know, or encouraged to me at the time. And so, where did you grow up? Sorry, I grew up in upstate New York. Mm, okay. So, yeah, I grew up in upstate New York, and still live in upstate New York right now. And so, I realized that right after high school, I started. I went through a really bad depression, and it was. I think it was just so many changes at the time, and then also not knowing who I was, or trying to figure out who I was and also trying to process a lot of my own pain. And then also I realized years later I was carrying on, you know, generational trauma as well. Mm-hmm. And then societal, and it was just all this stuff that was too much for me. And, you know, 
realistically, you know, looking back, like it was, it was definitely like one of the darkest times of my life. Mm. And getting out of that depression was tough. Like I didn't want to be here anymore. Like that's, I had the suicidal ideation. I I didn't know where to go. Like I'm, you know, I still luckily had like some friends and stuff like that. But but yeah, it wasn't until I met this brother at one of my jobs, and I say one of my jobs because I used to always work like two jobs. And I met this brother. He was older than me. He was about probably about, I would say about thirty, early thirties at the time, and I'm only nineteen. And we started just vibing, and he taught me more about like conscious living, eating better, um, you know, being more, more resilient, more independent. And I started coming out of this depression, and I realized like maybe in a way like he was sent to me, you know, I, I, we were meant to meet each other so that we can we can grow together. More so maybe mm-hmm. me. I probably needed it more. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I say that to say a little bit of backstory. The next big transition in my life didn't happen until 2012. I was 32 years old. And at the time, I was married. And at that time, I wasn't living right. So mm-hmm. I was living basically like a life that that didn't line up with who I I knew who I was at my heart, who I was at my core. And a lot of it would be called or labeled as toxic masculinity. And I don't like the term toxic masculinity. Some people like say you you, uh, you live in a trash life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was living Mm. a trash life. I was trifling. I was two-faced, you know, like I was smiling on on the front, but then in the back doing grimy shit. So, Mm. like, I was definitely that dude. And... You know, I hate. I don't really like toxic masculinity. I would say unbalanced masculinity. Like it was like maybe even like a hyper masculinity where I was like, the best way that I can describe it is like, I was a hurt child doing man things that quote unquote that I thought man things should be doing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and that's based off of, of was a like a warped, unbalanced masculinity. You know, so it was, it was like for me growing up, you know where I was at and stuff like that, or just what I was seeing in society or just not learning myself, um, you know, taking in that, like, womanizing and, and, um, you know, indulging too much in, you know, drinks or whatever, like, you know. And I was at that point in my time, like, I was living a two-faced life and I was married. Mm -hmm. And I realized how much harm I had caused my my ex-wife at this one pivotal moment when she found out about everything. And I just remember vividly how much pain I actually caused her. Mm. And so when I looked at her face and saw how hurt she was and how much I had contributed to that, and it didn't match up with who I was inside because inside I know like I'm not a person who wants to hurt people um, I'm very kind and, and, and generous and, and, and loving and empathetic, but I was like pushing that part of me away, but it's like who I actually am. And so I was like, I can't do this anymore. So I had like the ultimatum basically, you know, not just from her, like, you know, but it's really for, for me mm-hmm. to either continue the life that I was living, which is this 
this trash life, basically, because it's the trifling, trifling ass life. Um, or I could choose to work on myself and grow. And so at that moment, I was like, I'm going to grow. And so for the next couple of years, I call it my monk years because <laughs> uh, I literally, like, I didn't go anywhere, really. Um, I, I did a lot of deep work. I found support. I went to therapy. I, I even stopped watching, like, rated R movies because it was like I was just being Fuck mindful. Like exactly. The conditioning. Yeah. You know, like, when you yeah. start looking at movies, what is, like, the main plots usually? It's just, like, violence. And you know that's so revenge. funny. Well, the, the I want to interject here, and um, mm-hmm. first of all, I love that um, you're being so open, at least with this space that you've you've aged and grown up in. And when you said the rated R movies, it, I was actually thinking about your whole experience as a movie, even like prior to that space. For me, when I moved up here and experiencing life that I did, the immigrant life or the immigrant child life. Um, a lot of it was like an external view. So my rites of passage, to me, didn't really exist in any one. It was something like I just had to survive. I was always in survival mode. So for me, watching scary movies and things wasn't part of my survival because that was too much death to be introduced into my psyche. So I never, I wasn't afraid. I've done, I used to do, continue to do it so maybe i just jumped in three different time zones but i've done i continue to push my limits and scare myself but i won't watch scary movies willingly i'm not going to queue up the netflix and let's go mm. so it's it's mm-hmm. it's it's good to hear you say that at least for yourself that you can even see the um quote unquote the subconscious work that's happened there and there, and there are tons of people and there's even an energy about women enjoying horror films and things too but it's so powerful in at least to me in conversation that you you were looking to heal and you saw something like as much as what you watch was more was also important to how you grow you know again some people overlook that as part of their Mm -hmm. entertainment and not necessarily seeing it as the ways they create their habit in life so yeah i just wanted to point that out and you said back in like 2012 at age 32 was like your wake-up call and here we are in 2021 you know if you add those numbers up they're the same number and Mm. five you know numerology and five there's a lot of power in that and um Mm. do you feel like there's a lot of full circle moments in your life but i know keep talking but like what yeah as you progressed on then this brother kind of brought you under his wing as a young boy, those did those um, memories come back to you when you were living that trash life, you know, and that unbalanced masculinity, and you saw how you kind of was bringing that pain to your family. You know, these were all points of change, but, like, what was the, the flow over that's like, I'm never going back? Mm, yeah, that's, a, that's interesting because, you know what, I – it's almost like, um, you know, those different points in my life, you know, like – I think about, like, what was in between that? And, I mean, there's a lot in between it. Like, there's a lot more to my story. But there's definitely times, I remember when in 2012, I would reflect on 2019, and it was almost like I was was not ready for a lot of things. 
but I was ready for a lot of things. Like I was in this, this place in my life where I, I couldn't take the world anymore. And somebody came in as support and I was like, oh, okay. And then like, it kind of got me out of it. And then I lost that support and I didn't have like a tribe. I didn't have, I didn't, you know, I had to still work out a lot of other things. So it, mm-hmm. I just needed time to mature. And so now I think about 2012, fast forward to now, um, between, I would say like in 20, 2016 or so, I think it was 2016, end of 2016, into 2017 is when I got divorced. And between 2017 and now, quantum leap. Like it was, it's been ridiculous. Like wow. I like sit back and reflect like, like, oh yeah, I did this. And I'm like, oh, that was only like two years ago. <laughs> and like <laughs> the, the amount of growth that's happened in that, in that amount of time. Yeah. It's it, it really is really amazing because I, it's not to blame somebody else at all. It's just more so my own journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I still reflect sometimes on like in 2019, like I wasn't, I wasn't ready for this type of growth yet, or I wasn't ready for this. So I guess really those points were like points of initiation almost. So it's almost like, to be honest with you, like I would feel more so like a full man like a grown-ass man now than I did definitely did in 2012 because I can't say that age equated to my manhood it had to do what with happened, experience and acceptance experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then what, the main difference too is between 2016 and now I started to tap into my divine feminine energy mm. that's when I really got strong like that's when I was just like like I felt the power then because I think before that, I wasn't really tapping into my divine feminine energy. It was more so apologetic and trying to make amends to that feminine energy that I hurt right. within myself and within others. But I still didn't recognize that energy in me and really, like, take it in. So I think I, it took me a long, quite a few years to, to do it. And so when people tell me, like, they're doing the work, like, or to say, like, I don't want to do the work or I do want to do the work. Like, no matter what, like, it's going to look ugly. The shit ain't mm-hmm. going to be pretty all the time. It's not going to be Instagram worthy most days. You know, there's going to be those times where you're just, like, you're in the dirt. You're in the trenches. You're you're going deep into yourself. And that's what I've been doing is just going deep into myself. Because once I went deep into myself and started changing my world around and accepting it, understanding it, manipulating and moving it around, healing it, taking things that don't serve me and getting them out of there, taking things that do serve me and, and build, build myself stronger. That's when my outside world changed. Like, I don't have to change anybody at all because my inside world is what needs to be changed. And so I needed that divine feminine energy because I needed to nourish myself. Hence the reason mm-hmm. I realized in 2012, that's why I was like, okay, I can't take in these rated R movies and, you know, smoke or drink or, you know, do any of these things because they're not nourishing me. I didn't know what it was, but I was like on to something then is the beginning stages. Twenty sixteen to twenty to now, whew, and it's yeah. It's uh, I would love to talk about a lot of that stuff at some point. Well this is this is kind of why we're here, you know, this is the space for it and I really and I'm really hearing the um the growth in your conversation at least because here you are sounding even that much more excited about the the new you after 20, uh, 2016, 
and it kind of gave you new life to step into that divine feminine energy because I and I was just thinking that if how would you be able to sum up what the divine um, divine feminine energy did for you within yourself and it sounds like you said nourishing and nourishment it kind of nourished you to to know how to heal and be accepting and more importantly to be vulnerable enough to grow you know if you mm-hmm. were having all these problems and things in your life that you were doing again the title of living that trash life prior to you acknowledging and coming to the fullness of what the fuck you were doing, you enjoyed it. You set yourself up to do it. You linked up with those people. You got into those activities. You decided to go home after all of that and then go back and do it again. So there had to be a space where you either enjoyed it, you know, like emotionally, you got a thrill or a chase or a rush out of it, and then it became numbing. You know, mm-hmm. and at some point you numbed yourself with it, um, thinking you were strengthening yourself. But as you woke up to the external realities, you know, the depression even in 99 and, again, just the growth itself and, more importantly, what you were doing with your family. And as a man, you know, um, a lot of what we are told of ourselves is that we have to be strong, we have to be capable, we have to be providers, we have to have answers. Um, we need to be able to put aside frivolous thoughts like emotions and how you feel and shit for really getting down and doing the work and getting the job done and um, strapping up your bootstraps, like all this shit. And Mm -hmm. um, it never really talks about how we need to nourish ourselves or take downtime. You know, downtime is seen as something women do in hot tubs or um, as yoga or from the children, but men don't do downtime. You know, a Mm. soldier is never down. If you're down, you're dead. You know, things, all these psychological reverse, or I guess reverse psychology ways of um, programming you to be anxious and depressed all the fucking time because you constantly have to be on. You know, you got to be doing something. And when you talked about just the divine feminine and using that as a nourishing point as to like what I'm thinking here, you know, you have to somewhat put aside Maybe, and I don't know, maybe you can speak to this. Did you feel that you have to put aside your manhood or put aside your your masculinity, the things that kind of brought you into who you were, that you were realizing? I mean, maybe you didn't see it as a man, a masculine energy of what you were doing, but you talked a lot about the divine feminine and how that kind of opened you up to be a better person. So was the opposite side the masculine side for you? or um, Yeah. Talk to me that, about that. That's a lot of, um, you brought a, a lot of good points up um, when you're talking about like the, the psyche of the, of the, of the man within the U.S., you know, cause I'm always speaking out of the U.S. Of, yeah. um, you know, pull up your bootstraps, keep going. We don't rest, do this, that, that, support, provide. All and sometimes stuff. we do it and we don't think about it. You know, like again, if exactly. you had a father and or lack of father, my father was a deadbeat. I'm not a deadbeat. That has nothing to do with it. But with the, mm-hmm. with the stories around, man being weak and you portraying your father as being a deadbeat, then you already going to assume anything he does is whack. You know, right. whether he left the family and then came back, you're going to still think it's whack. Not that that motherfucker might've been so depressed. He needed to go get help, you know, before right. he could be just, just so yeah, please expand on your experience with that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, you just hit the nail on the head, too. It's, um, you know, so much into the masculine that we – it's hard for us to – I mean, speak – I mean, bring it back to me. It was hard – I was so much in the masculine that it was hard for me to – to um, detach from that that mentality. Like I said, like I was always working two jobs, doing this and that. And I figured if I did A, B, C, D, E, F, G, then I'm a man. Mm-hmm. And it also, that psyche of being constantly in that masculinity was almost like an excuse to do fuck boy shit. You know what I'm saying? And it was yeah. an excuse to be to be that grimy trash, trash like dude and, and rationalize in that way, which is completely fucking warped because... I, first of all, I wasn't allowing myself to nourish myself. I wasn't allowing myself to actually like rest and restore and not feel guilty about it. Mm. And then also, you know, with that, I think when at that certain point I wasn't, I didn't look at it as putting my manhood aside, but I would say in 2012, I, I did kind of do that where I, it wasn't put my manhood aside. It was just like stepping aside to allow, excuse me, allow like my emotions to come in. And so that first couple months, and I was doing, like, therapy, like, once a week. And, you know, I, I found my, my therapist who I, – I had gone to therapists, like, earlier in my, like, 20s and stuff like that. And, like, I got to a certain level, and I was smart enough to tell them what they wanted to hear and use mm-hmm. a certain trigger. Because, you know, I, ever since I was young, I've been reading books, and, you know, I kind of understood the psychology process when I went in there. And also I was frightened, too. Like, I would only tell them a little bit about myself, and they weren't – really digging into me but were these mostly the, white people or does that matter yeah oh um, so you know what it was white women so i think they could only relate to me based out of a book or the, their mm. own life experiences and also going back this is early 2000 so the cultural aspect of psychology was still i would say probably somewhat foreign so yeah. you know it's it, the psychology was really i think focused on a western view of, of the world. So I think they could only help me in a limited capacity. And kind of that's why I asked, you know, shout out to all the therapists, male or female, black or white. We need your help and please continue to do your work. I only ask because um, just in that same breath, when we try to find space for healing, you know, some people are like, oh, you just need to go see a doctor. You need to see a, see a therapist. And granted, mm-hmm. these motherfuckers out here to do their job and go home yeah. and get paid. You know, and so they may not know how to relate to you or want to because their exactly. job is just to have you talk. So, yeah, continue. Yeah. I just, yeah, look, no, I'm, I'm visualizing your story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, definitely feel free to hit me up. Um, there's definitely some resources out there where, where folks can find a good therapist. Um, but, yeah, back to, like, what I was saying was I did find a therapist who related to me and understood and – I think he understood because he himself went through a lot of the same things. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to relate to that. And also he did trauma work too. So those those couple years with him, actually it was quite a few years, um, we worked on trauma, like doing hard trauma. And during that time of working on that trauma, so many emotions that I didn't allow myself to feel when I was young mm-hmm. started flooding in. And they were just coming in. And, like, I would find myself – now, the only things I did watch were Food Network and Discovery Channel. So, like, that's it. <laughs> mm. And that was my only nourishment, which actually the Food Channel really helped me because then it got me, like, interested in, in cooking more. Yeah. And no so, yeah. And so, um, you like to cook. 
Oh, yeah, definitely do. And so, um, but, yeah, like, all these emotions started coming in, and I kind of had to put my masculinity aside and allow myself to feel and just sit with it and not try to rationalize it or understand it. You know, the, the masculine part of my brain would want to be, like, analytical about it, and be like, oh, you're feeling this because that and that and that. And then make the feeling so mechanical that you're not even actually feeling it. You're just thinking about how you should feel it. And yeah. so I put all that aside and just said, whatever's coming in, I'm going to feel it. Oh, man, there's so – let me tell you this. <laughs> just imagine that you never really allowed yourself to cry so many different times in your life, which probably so many men go through. <laughs> Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're 30 years old, 32 years old, and you got a lot of catching up to do. So oh, yes, I found myself just, <laughs> I just found myself, yeah, I just found myself crying, crying all the time. And, mm. Crying all the time. Like, I'll be watching a commercial, and I'm like, oh, I just start weeping. I'm like, why am I crying yeah. right now? And, That's so interesting. Yeah. That's so interesting. You know I was in a similar space. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. You know what it also did? That was also another realization as I look back now of, that divine feminine energy because, you know, typically women will allow themselves to feel that feeling, feel that emotion. And it's a gift to do that. It's a gift to feel. It's a gift to have these emotions. You know, the emotion doesn't mean that it's who we are constantly. It's just what we're in the moment feeling. I look at it like a light. Let it go through. Yeah. I look at emotion, emotion like a light, like a guiding beam, you know, towards the true Mm -hmm. source of what's going on. And, you know, like when you feel sad, like we have the conversation of depression. I myself have experienced it. I'm sure a lot of men and people do um, in points of their life, but to like this conversation of just a man talking to another man and how we kind of grow up and share our rites of passage concept. And even when you mentioned the tears portion of being like in your 30s, I can relate to my own experience with that where I, after I came out of that, what I felt was a very hard depression, it doesn't really end. The depression doesn't end. You know, if anything, you're always vigilant about your emotional standpoint because the depression snuck in because you weren't paying attention to how you feel. Right. So, it's always around you enough that you have, you have to be the superhero, the superhero of your heart and constantly be fighting off your own self-inflicted depression, right, or sadness. And then you kind of go down the rabbit hole of these decisions and inabilities and punishments you put on yourself to now where you find yourself depressed. And Mm. I only asked earlier in the conversation that if you felt like you were putting your masculinity aside, masculinity, there we go, aside for the nourishment of the feminine divine that you felt was there. And what I'm getting is that yes and no. You know, you notice that the masculine actions were not necessarily positive. So in a lot of ways, they were toxic to you doing something not like that but it doesn't mean that these were masculine things. They were just being inside of a masculine cup. You Mm. being a man, you being um, a person that feels through or lack thereof, don't feel through your actions in life, that those are the stereotypes sometimes of a strong person, right? And then now we find that 
this strong person is not a man, it's just a person. And so men and women sometimes take on this role of emotionally unavailable, you know, or um, on the opposite side of trying to be nourishing. So when I heard you say, like, tapping into the divine feminine or using that same conversation where uh, women are usually associated with the emotions and feelings, I also thought of how some women lock themselves off. Um, And I don't even know if they see it as a masculine and feminine energy because maybe they just see it as a complete womanness and they're not a traditional woman, you know? So they never really even opened up the idea of it being anything masculine in them more than it's just them. Where I'm hearing like from us as men, when we talk about our vulnerability, it's almost like we use the masculine energy, but we try to gear it as strength. And then when we talk about our nourishing on possibly how vulnerable we were, um, then we kind of open up the opposite side, which is usually associated with feminine. And so it's it's always interesting to me to think if women think this way too when they're going through their levels of depression um, or sadness or experiences, that do they think that they're masculine on one side and then become feminine, where as men I'm hearing a lot of us thinking that um, our growth is on the opposite side of our masculinity, not within our masculinity. You know, for women, it seems like their growth is within their femininity. It's just in different levels of it. And I mm. say all of that to say it's, it's still in part with the growth. And you are a holistic healer. And to me, that sounds holistic. And you went down this path of being sad and working two jobs and not knowing what you want to do to then you self-destructed. You start destroying Mm -hmm. your life from within, from the inside out. So then you couldn't blame another motherfucker for saying this person did that or that. that. No, it was all you. You Mm -hmm. loaded the gun and then started shooting yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's it's really powerful in that way. And I guess what my point is, it's not really a point or a question, or it's not really a question, it's a point. It's just that as we continue to heal, and I'm hearing from your story as well, we kind of go back and forth with this balance of this Libra or this teeter-totting scale of where we are on the side of no growth and then where we are on the side of growth. And I don't know if this is a conversation in therapy um, because I've never really officially saw a therapist. I more so did the online work and talk with family and then check myself over and over the years. I've had a similar experience where back in 20. Mine was in 2017, 2018, when my daughter mm-hmm. was born, and that kind of changed. That just changed, I just say that, and it's what I just say, 2007, not 2017. Um, things just changed. It just, mm-hmm. I, I, there's no way to put it in words, and mm-hmm. I really had to check what I was. It wasn't even a man or a woman. Like, what am I? What the fuck is Mm. going on with me? Right. So do you feel like you are now man and woman, like masculine and feminine? Or do you still feel like you're a man? Or who is the me now that you're kind of still doing the work or you've done enough work for the growth 
and you kind of found that divine feminine balance as much as, because I didn't hear that either, you know, you didn't tell me or maybe we haven't dug deep enough or like what happened to your masculine side if then you went into your feminine energy? You know, where does the balance go there? I definitely feel the balance. I feel definitely both. And I would say that actually the divine feminine energy uplifted my masculine energy. So, like, some people have said, like, like, oh, you know, actually, I've, I've had this before, and somebody was just, like, kind of confused. It was like, you're very masculine, but you're feminine, too. Like, it's kind of like, you know, it throws people off sometimes because um, it's that good, well-balanced, it's me, it, it's, that, it's, that, it's that well-balanced energy that goes back and forth. You know, I'm not going to say it's always balanced. There's times when I'm, like, you know, a little bit more masculine energy, a little bit more feminine energy where I might need the opposite. So, you know, that's that's just a constant thing of just being aware of where I'm at at the very moment too. Um, because, you know, there are still things that might that might trigger us, you know, that might trigger you into something of the past. And it might be like worked out and not as traumatic anymore, but it still for some reason triggers a reaction. And that reaction might be equated to um, for me, by going into like more of a hyper masculine type of mentality, and that's when I had to just kind of say like, okay, wait a minute, time out. Why why am I reacting to this? Um, what is causing me the reaction, and why am I choosing to react and not just respond? And then it's like, all right, let me sit here and see what's being triggered. And to be honest with you, what I've realized during during the years of therapy was like feeling feelings of not being enough, um, feelings of rejection, feelings of not being accepted, mm. and feelings of abandonment, which all kind of tie into each other, really. If you look at it, it's just really a feeling of not being enough. I realized those are the root of, of a lot of my quote-unquote reactions. So, it's so funny. We all share that. I keep hearing yeah. this story from brothers that, I mean, I'm included. I'm included in that conversation. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. so funny that we have the same, similar, even we're even using the same words mm-hmm. when it comes to this it shit. Is. But continue, continue. Yeah. yeah, once I realized that, um, you know, I read this book by, um, during my therapy years, I read this book by um, Brene Brown. It's called um, Daring Greatly, and it's yeah. and it's about it's about the society and how our society really promotes, you know, not being enough. You know, you look on Instagram, you start scrolling through, you see somebody living this quote unquote wonderful life, even though it's Instagram, and we know in the back of our head like it's very tailored and edited, but like you start saying, oh man, I'm not doing that. Oh, I'm not doing that shit. Why am I like I'm slacking on my game right now? And then you start like really beating yourself up because you're comparing. And yeah, all these all these different platforms are kind of set up that way. You know, even the way the wording is, you know, you have followers. I looked at my Spotify. Why does Spotify right. have followers on it? Like, you know, right. sort of like following and doing this and that, and it's just like it's like constantly comparing. And that's when yeah. um, we start it's psychologically forgetting. positions you. Exactly, and that's when mm-hmm. we start forgetting. You know, when we start going external for our validation, right? So we start going externally for our validation, like, you know, oh, if I do this, I'm going to be happy. If I meet this person who does this, I'm going to be happy. Let me find this guru. When all that is bullshit, it's Mm -hmm. just an illusion because 
internally we have all the answers, and internally we are our own guru, as I think mm-hmm. Shaman Durek always says. It's uh, it's when we go back to that and remember it. That's when you go back and say, okay, okay, why was I triggered? And then you just go backwards. I was like going backwards or something. Like, yep. okay, what just happened? And then just work it backwards. And now I can do it so quickly, but that's years of hard work. That's years of therapy. That's not me taking a workshop and then coming out and I'm, I'm quote, unquote, <laughs> woke now. You know what I'm right. saying? So people yep. want that instant gratification. That yeah, has not do. been instant gratification for me. That has been years of tough, yeah. hard work, pain, sweat, tears, tears, many tears, a lot of hard conversations, a lot of, like, insights into myself, like, really just looking in the mirror and saying, who the fuck are you? And reclaiming my health, basically. You know, so the work does not look pretty. The work will get you dirty. The work is not Instagram-worthy a lot of times. And the work is what we need, too, though, because then you start breaking those you start breaking those cycles. So now I start breaking those cycles. I'm not going to carry this cycle on to my to the next generation. And in this way, hopefully their next generation, they, work, they don't have to carry on as much either. And it just continues until we don't even talk about being healed. You know what I'm saying? Like we, the, the word healed is, is a constant throwing around. It's just kind of like, like when am I not, what's, the, what's next after being healed, right? right. Like, like what, what happens after that? What, what's that future look like? Well, that's actually, you know, the space that I'm in now in conversation and what brought on this podcast. I started out with uh, maybe about two years ago asking myself the question, and then I kind of put it on my platform, what is a man? And Mm. what does it mean to actually survive in society as one? And it really got deep. It really got deep enough that I was able to bring on other guests and people who have wrote articles or you know, dig deep into the, the divine feminine within and saw the hemispheric balance of the, of the left and right and, um, you know, of the bodies and the mind and how we are homogenous in that way. You know, we're not men or women in that way. We're just mm-hmm. that energy that kind of balances on either side as to why we carry it. You know, if, mm-hmm. it wasn't, if it wasn't of us, then we wouldn't know it. So anything we know is in part of us. And... So when we grow and learn through our experiences and kind of find out what is a man, it's not necessarily a society's definition and or societal definition of these accomplishments, but just what does it look like to you? And that does open back up the door to the rites of passage. Am I a man or a woman or am I a man trapped in a woman's body or am I a woman trapped in a man's body or am I neither of the two or I don't even care about that right now because these bills got to get paid. You know, I really mm. learn from people that some of them just don't even care what a man and a woman is, but yet they right. go around portraying these images that they apparently, well, not apparently, what it feels to me, they don't know. You have to know what a man and woman is. You may not care because that's a choice, but you have to know. And I don't mean like there's this definition written in the stars that you need to be able to read it and now you know it. I mean, know it within yourself and know how it defines you in the society around you and how you affect the society around you as this energy. Now, again, for women, and in my assumption, based on the conversation going forward, I could see where truly you can't really have an answer because you're being told you're skinny, you're fat, you're attractive, you're not, your boobs, your hair, your this, 
you know, and um, we do it. Men do it to women and we set it up and women do it to each other. And then when you look at men, you know, um, what kind of clothes you wear, your shoes clean, what kind of car you drive, how many money, how much money you got, do you work out, are you packing, do you have investments, you know, uh, do you just all these things that are put on us, but yet we're walking around saying we don't care what a man and woman is. You do, bro. You have to because you're taking on these energies and these body properties that you don't even understand how you're being portrayed and you have to fucking care. You have to care because that's how energy comes to you. So if you walk around not caring how you dress and people might address you like a man and then all of a sudden you think, well, I'm a woman, well, then guess what? There's a problem there. Yeah, I think what... mm -hmm. Oh, no, I was going to say, you know, I think um, just to kind of touch on that a little bit, what I feel is like there's a there's an energetic aspect of it, right? Like you mentioned, like the, the divine masculine, divine feminine energy within you. And then there's, um, you know, the society, societal norms of a man and woman, um, exactly. or, you know, or non, non, um, binary, you know, non, non-binary. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, they definitely, I think it, it's, um, I think I feel like what what happens is people are trying to tap more into the spiritual aspect of it. And I feel like there's mm-hmm. a, maybe a difficulty or, you know, it's starting to happen more where it's trying to reflect in this third dimension world of how your energy actually is. So I feel like people are, are, are moving to a different level of, um, you know, I guess ambiguity a lot of time with, um, you know, blurring those lines of, of what's man, what's female in terms of, of how we feel. So it's like, I feel like the expression of the masculine and feminine energy has been, has been shifted. And like you said, I feel for me, I feel like when you, when I look at the divine masculine, divine feminine, I don't look at man and woman. I Mm. look at the energy, the energies behind them, that balance of life. You know, you see, you see the world, you know, you just look out in nature and you see the balance of that happening constantly on a deeper level you know, see Mother Nature, you know, nourish, nourishing the divine feminine energy and, you know, what holds it together is the divine masculine energy. Oh, I believe somebody right. I just said this, you know, I, that's not my words. I just heard somebody else talk about <laughs> No, I love it. I love group. it. But um, when they explained it that way, I was like, that makes a lot of sense, you know, and I feel like it's those energies and I feel like people are, are tapping into those more and now you're mm-hmm. seeing a different projection into this three-dimensional world of how before it was very it it wasn't spiritual in a way maybe i was it wouldn't but like you know things were very structured and very black and white no i get it i get it the realization of that gray area people just jump right into that gray area i'm loving it actually because it's like people are tapping into that energy but there's going to be growing pains with it you know there's going to be because it's change right so people are people are going to it's going to be hard for a lot of people to accept the change within themselves with others it's actually helped me with my with my journey as well to just see like you know question like well what's the problem that way my man i actually stopped that like i don't even i would say within the last several years like i don't even i don't even really say like or worry about necessarily like you know am i being manly enough or am i you know am i right. am i nourishing enough you know sometimes i worry about that too like am i being nourished enough am i using my feminine well i guess that's full state and that's what i was getting at you know the idea of um 
us not knowing who we are and, and how important it is, it is not to define. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not to define or um, put in a box. You have to know it so you can understand the balance. Mm. You know, it's almost like um, I look at a sea, a, per, um, a captain in a in a boat at sea. They don't know the waters; they have experience in the waters. The experience mm. brings the knowing, and the more we kind of and how I'm like cultivating that back to the self. Our waters are deep, you know, um, in the sense of our emotional standpoints, and the water could be warm or it could be cold, but you never know until you keep swimming, you know, until mm-hmm. you keep going through the work and kind of probably pass, what's the word I'm looking for, learning to let it pass so that you can understand it. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying, well, I'm a man and this is why, um, I understand that I've experienced a lot of my life in this pocket of what is called a man. Mm. And I have these examples of the energy around those actions of a man being defined as masculine. But what I find is that when I approach him with a more gentle look, those say that same energy is being defined as feminine or a little bit more softer. I'm still believing I'm a man, but what is that to me is what I was getting at about how do you live that truth? How do you live mm. that truth within you? So if you're more of a spiritual person, then you are 100% right, Sean, that it's more of a spiritual base about your balancing with the energy within. It has nothing to do with like a penis and a vagina, you know, where it's a man and a woman. Mm. And it's just really the energy of it. And it um, mm. allows you to feel in a certain space about it, right? Again, women can be mad as much as men can cry. You know, it doesn't have to own one side of it. It just has to be understood, right, or experienced as you understand the experience or experience as you understand it. But um, mm. it's really, that's what I'm seeing lately. And what I was getting at earlier is that as I'm talking with these men and talking with myself and just listening, I'm realizing we're still trying to dig into that concept more and more. And maybe some of them, some of us just give up in trying to define it because there really is no definition. It's an experience Mm. that defines on itself. Like the more you experience Mm. it, the more it defines itself. So like the captain at the sea, the more he goes out into the ocean, the more he can say he's a captain of the sea, you know, and athletes Mm. too, they do it. There's no, there's no, um, perfect athlete, you know, or what's that, what's that one phrase? Um, perfection is, is, is consistency or something. You got to do it over and 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 over. And that's where the, um, the perfection comes in. So there is no ideal manhood or no ideal womanhood, but there is a lot of digging into the work for the self and digging into how we can experience these waters of change and cultivation and, as you call it, nourishment, right? Ways to just wash over that pain. We, I want to want to know if you can give us examples of how we can put into practice some of the uh, things that can help us heal. I know you offer a lot with your holistic training and um, coaching. 
I think I've seen on your website you reclaim your health and live and live your purpose with vitality and you have foods, you have seminars, you have one on ones, you have journal logs, you have um I guess the coaching, the wellness groups, the programs, and maybe some of it can be overwhelming, but where would someone start? You know, you mentioned how it seemed for you it was just organic. You just you fucked up and now you needed to fix it. And mm-hmm. you know, and maybe you knew you messed up from a long time ago but things just kept culminating or adding on to itself to the point where you're like, dude, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this anymore. I can't do this mm. anymore. Look at my wife or my ex-wife, you know? So right. where can, where can someone start? I think it's starting with conversation, but some people aren't, you know, open to talk. So what you got? Mm. What do you think? Or what is something I, you have? I definitely agree with what you said about like it starts with conversation. And like you also said, some people don't have that. They don't have that. Um, they don't have that skill yet. You know, the conversation. Mm-hmm. They don't know how they feel, so they can't say it. I think what also helps too is just maybe um, just listening. So like, grow, going into like a different support groups, whatever it is. You know, like you can go into um, wherever people are being open, real and vulnerable. Go listen. You know, go mm-hmm. go to a, a AA meeting or go to an NA meeting. Even if you're not on drugs or have any um, history of drug abuse or addiction, you know, those are good to just jump in because people are being open, real, and vulnerable. Like, they're coming out with their heart. And then you can start seeing how people vocalize their emotions. And as you get comfortable, one day you might start sharing, you know, and it doesn't have to be like one of those types of meetings. It could also be you can go into clubhouse and jump into a room talking about a certain topic and just listen to people, you know, make sure it's something where people are being like authentic and genuine, you know, not teaching you something necessarily. You don't want to go in there like trying to learn something, but people just sharing and being open. Um, You know, Instagram is great. I found Instagram to be a really, really good tool to build community because if there wasn't an Instagram, we wouldn't have met either, you know? So, like, right. Instagram is connecting Because I think that's people. how you found me, right? You you saw me on a yoga page or something? Or how yeah, did I you... Think I, was, mm-hmm. I was following... I was actually following Stick. That yeah. says... Oh, yeah, because like, he's got that RBG shirt. I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, and he's always been an inspiration for me ever since, you know, actually, you know, my first um, when I was, you know, went through that depression when 19, um, mm-hmm. you know, that was, and I started incorporating more conscious music and, and that helped me as well. And so, yeah, I think I just saw that and I, I might have saw like a post of you or something. I was like, oh, what are you doing? And I always see like people who were like, I like, I always like seeing people who are just doing their own thing and just yeah. like with zero fucks. Like, this is me. This is what I'm doing. I'm just like, I always admire that because it's like, it's, it's motivational for me because it's motivational for me to like stand on my own truth and be like, all right, let me just do my thing too and, and not worry about what others think. And I feel like all of that, you know, long, you know, long story short, I feel mm. like all of that definitely helps with, with planting that seed to, to start your journey of, of just exploring, and like you said, experience. Like, that's what everything is about on, when living in this planet. You know, mm-hmm. this, this world is very dense and harsh and not easy to live, but there's so much beauty and so much to learn. That I feel like human body. About <laughs> the exactly. human body is yeah. dense and, and, and full of contrast and hard to learn. You know, I exactly. think our human body is that representation of the earth. Like, it's so powerful when we get deep into deep into our meaning, and, and I look at it from the breath, 
I do a lot of work with meditation and stillness practice to the point um, why I became a certified yoga instructor was to get better with stillness. I do see mm-hmm. yoga as a physical practice. I do enjoy the movement discipline. But right now, I see all of that movement is guidance to stillness. And mm-hmm. it's not it's not it's not so much in the asana that that you focus. It's just that the asana brings you to focus. So the more you do the movement, the more the awareness of the stillness is brought into practice through the breath. And the more you get mm-hmm. with the stillness, the more the opening and the understanding of what they call like what the runner's high or the Zen moment or the neutrality of it all is exposed to you. And our density in this in this world, it's almost like the same thing we see we see externally when we go out into nature, and we can experience a tranquil moment, or when we see mist in the air, or like what I'm looking at right now, pounds and pounds of snow falling down on the ground and covering cars up to up to the windows at the top of the car, but it's so peaceful, mm-hmm. and there's such a mm-hmm. sense of calm to it. You know, I'm not going mm-hmm. out in it. But then again, I can appreciate it. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's um, I, I guess, summing it all up in that way, we have these physical bodies to be reminded of the dynamics of everything around us and, and possibly even us that we experience just by breathing. And so mm-hmm. the dynamic could be moving. It could be showing up with integrity. It could be accepting yourself. It could be keeping yourself clean with hygiene, all these ways to experience, but it's bringing us back to awareness of stillness. That's how mm. I see it. And while I'm with my work, and you mentioned, like, I, it sounds like I, you know, like my work comes off at times like I don't give a fuck. It really is, how can I put it? I don't give a fuck, but it's not, it's, that's not my, like, my initial thought when I push post. It's not, I don't give a fuck. No, it's more, it's more like, well, I feel really happy in this space. And that's mm-hmm. it. I don't really yeah. think about what people will say. Now, I do consider some things that I might, like a post I put up just this morning and kind of hopefully giving clarity to the shadow work that I do a lot of. And people see me as Spider-Man. Even my mom calls me Spider-Man. Spider-Man, da 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 You know, and I'm like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> But I don't like Spider-Man. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't like Peter Parker. I think he's weak in that way. <laughs> you know, I mm. love the Mary Jane concept, you know, but Peter Parker is black if he's going to be in love with Mary Jane in my world because it's not about mm. pot. It's about cannabis, you know, or it's not about chasing after a woman. It's about learning to be a man for a woman. You know, like all the mm. things that we're seeing for Spider-Man, I'm more thinking of it like, the shadow work. And so I'm like, well, that's what venom is. Venom is the shadow work. Venom had to come out of venom had to come out of space to be brought into the earth. And the one being that he felt more aligned with was Spider-Man because Spider-Man is not of this world, you know, in the sense of his um, bite by a spider and then growing into his internal self. It's a pretty deep story when I look at it, but I really think like, um, I really think I'm more of like the venom approach um, to myself because I'm always doing the shadow work. So much so that even with my wife, you know, she's always like, um, how can I put it? She's always uh, watching me. 
like observing me, right? And she can do things based on how I'm doing them. She may not see that she's doing it, or she may see that she's doing it, or she may not see that I see that she's doing it. The point is, Mm -hmm. like, there's this constant observation of my work and who I am that the shadow is more of the work that's needed so it can get clear so other people can benefit, where Spider-Man is not doing any fucking shadow work in my book. Mm -hmm. He's showing off all the time. He's web-slinging. Yeah, he's stopping villains. But nine times out of ten, these villains come from his fucking doing. The lizard, Mm, Doc Doc Octopus. None of these people came about prior to Spider-Man. They were all there after Spider-Man. Every single one. So even Venom. But there was nothing that came after Venom except for Carnage. And Carnage was a combination of the hate and the pain and the disgust and the neglect from both Spider-Man and Venom. Mm. Bringing it all together because I sound like a twelve-year-old kid watching reading comic books. It, it, no, it allows, I'm just with you. I'm with you with all that. <laughs> it allows I'm following you along. I was like, this makes a lot of sense to me right now because I never, I never looked at it at a deeper level. But now you're talking about this, I'm going back into the, into the trailer, just going back to the comic book. Oh, that does make sense. Like these are manifestations. Yeah, not yeah. With. And you know what's something? You know, to kind of keep it on that, a little bit sidetracked, but um. Somebody mentioned the other day, and I was in um, I was in Clubhouse, and so Clubhouse has a lot of good rooms to talk and you know yeah. the place to to connect with people. Um, somebody mentioned Peter Pan in his shadow, and I thought about it. I was like, wait a minute, I never oh, yeah. thought about that. And Peter Pan, his shadow is like a is like this representation of like the things that you know he doubts and the things that he you know, his emotional side that he has to deal with. And he understands that, like, he doesn't always like the shadow, but he needs the shadow. And so, like, it's that science, too. So when you look at, like, these, you know, you look at comic comic books are really deep when it comes to those, um, you know, implicit or explicit um, ways of life, metaphorically, Mm -hmm. portrayals of life, you know, they're really deep. You know, it's more than just the action, you know. So... Yeah, I appreciate you breaking that down like that because that makes a lot of sense. I also appreciate you breaking down, you know, the – it's not that you don't give a fuck, but it's it's just more so you're just in your element and you're, yeah. you're doing the inner work. And so it appears to people who aren't doing that, like Spider-Man and Peter Parker, that you don't. But really, like you said, you're Venom accepting who your shadow is and yeah. working with it and being one with it. Yeah. So, yeah. And Venom became a um, – um portrayed or looked upon as a hero, you know, especially nowadays, I think there's like two Venom movies out or one of them too. Or not. But, you know, in the oh, end yeah. of it all, he's, he looks like a hero. And that kind of mm-hmm. bothered me too, because I was like, no, you don't, it's not about saving anybody. Man. It's like, it's like why, right. does, why does a person have to get better and then turn around and be the savior? Now, I do see the truth in that, that when you get better with yourself, it is your motherfucking obligation to go out there and help people, but maybe not mm-hmm. in this like religious way of read this book and Jesus is the only way, you know, like not like that approach, but more so like living your truth. Yeah. And so like just being, just being yourself and being an example right. and just and like, is, not forcing it upon people. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that is the vulnerability and that's the not giving a fuck because I don't hear the booze and the, and I don't hear the names. 
Now, I do um, acknowledge them, you know, where if somebody's liking a lot of what I do, um, like yourself or whatever, people following me, like I didn't know, I don't, I don't put my work out there in the sense of trying to find out who my followers are and who the people are behind the viewership. What I'm hoping is that the work that I do empowers you, not just inspire you, but empower you. So I want you to take action to do you. Right? Mm-hmm. You can never be me. You can never be cosmonaut. That's why it's only black cosmonaut, because you too have to see the cosmic mess in yourself. You have to see your cosmic version. You can't see my cosmic version and then become it. You have to be your only black cosmonaut. Only black cosmonaut is one dark universe. That's what it stands for. Only one dark black universe cosmonaut. You, your mm-hmm. internal space, the work that you constantly have to dive into. And again, back to the analogy of Venom, you know, he came from the darkness. He was a symbiont, you know. And so mm-hmm. if, if he existed or he, I'm using it as a he, but it doesn't matter. If it existed out in the coldness of space, but yet had to find life in itself to exist and then came into the planet and, quote, unquote, merged or like a virus <laughs> infected mm-hmm. everything that it touched, um, it was only for its own survival. And mm-hmm. humans do that. We do that. Mm-hmm. We go and infect and, and, and somewhat change and transmute our space for our, quote, unquote, survival like a virus. Mm. And exactly. I don't I don't see why we should be ignoring our natural ability to do what we do for this idea of followers and likes and superheroes and and pretty spider images and and you know it's like that's not it. Even in our earlier conversation what brought you to the space of where you are now was acknowledging the pain was seeing yourself mm-hmm. depressed and not liking it. You weren't a fucking web slinger. You weren't going out here having the matter of fact, the Spider-Man life got you in trouble. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, um, exactly. And it built that, you know, it created that, it created that, it created that, definitely created that carnage too. Yeah. That carnage, yeah. that carnage grew and he, he had a, he had a voice in me and he had power <laughs> within me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was yeah. out here just, I was just out here just trying to save, you know, save whatever, doing all this, you know, web sling yeah. and stuff like that, yeah. and not, you know, facing the shadows. Like, oh, I'm just gonna ignore that, you know. Nah, dude, that's, that's, that's why we trying to have sex in the dark. Like, you're not even trying to see it. <laughs> like, it's yeah. a whole nother space in itself. Why we psychologically conditioned to that, even to in our older ages. You know, you'll ask a man or a couple that feels comfortable with the conversation, you're like, have you guys ever been intimate with the lights on? And they're sweat? No. People don't do that. Says who? Mm. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah. there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack there. But I do want to thank you for at least giving the conversation as to where we can seek help, you know, just keep growing. Obviously, for those who might feel they need a therapist and or if you don't feel you need a therapist, or if you're scared to go see a therapist, then reach out to the people that you feel resonates in your community. I want to actually set up a platform for people to feel like if they want to talk, to just reach out to me and let's do a podcast episode about it. You know, that might be mm-hmm. vulnerable for some people. That might be too much um, openness for some people. But that's why I, I have a clubhouse as well. 
and my intention is to create that space for conversation, you know, and you and some other brothers and hopefully some other sisters is what I want to get into our space of just having that conversation. But for right now, I know it has to start with me and my portrayal or my um, dimensional existence on this plane right here is in, in the form of a man. And so I want to start there. I want to start with that masculine definition and start, like, living that. So if I was to ask you, Sean, this ain't black sheep, mm-hmm. what is a man, how would you answer that? I would say strength, balance, support, nourishing, aware, understanding, generous, kind, powerful, and also connected to all mm. in this universe. Yeah. Yeah, man is a man is the experience of both divine masculine and divine feminine energy. Mm. And how we choose to tap into that is is how we will project that energy into this this Our three dimensional experience. world. Yeah. Our experience, exactly. It goes back to what you said about the ship. And the experience of it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, Sean, I want to thank you again. You know, I, I think we should definitely talk more. And you mentioned Clubhouse, and I think I want to um, set up a platform. I know you offer, I've seen back in February, you offered, like, those live IG sessions, and I've seen you do, like, um, a couple coaching one-on-ones or live IG coachings with other people. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. you guys will set up like a meeting and, you know, you're just holding space for the conversation. And hopefully, like the the most recent one I you did was that um, Black Health Matters. And um, yep. with Kevin, you know, I've taken notes here, but you kind of did a live IG talk there. And uh, I know you're vegan and plant-based and you talk about like eating from within, you know, like eating all the good light energy stuff to kind of keep that positivity and depression away, you know, positivity and depression away. Um, so it seems like just if someone goes to zenblacksheep.com, they can pretty much get a good source of who you are and get support and, you know, reach out to you and get all your social accolades. Uh, is there any other way that, you know, how do you, how does people get connected to you and how can we find ways to get better through some of the things that you've practiced and some of the things that you offer as Zen Black Sheep? Yeah, I, I definitely, I engage with everyone. Um, so, yeah, you know, you can go to zenblacksheep.com, or you can just hit me up on IG, which is zenblacksheep as well. I'm not really active on Facebook. Like, I check it, like, maybe, like, once a week or two. So, like, I, I'm Facebook isn't really my platform, so usually, like, IG um, is the best way to DM me um, or just email me. You know, I'm always up. I always respond to everybody and, and communicate with everybody. You know, and I'm not, you know, I, I typically do it with the intention just to help. I'm not trying to, like, you know, sell everybody all these different things or whatever. I mean, I probably could be a little bit better of a salesman when it comes to that. But, you know, the the intention behind everything is to help, not just, like, you know, it's just trying to make money. And so, you know, I feel like that way it keeps me authentic. Um, but I'm learning how to, like, you know, the energy exchange, too. So, um, Right. And, I mean, yeah. as the black sheep, you kind of be the outcast of the – you know, the one that goes down the that, that opposite path, 
And I think one of the things I read about your purpose is to help others and place empathy and patience and compassion into the world mm-hmm. and into your life. You know, so it, it is, yeah. it may not be so much about marketing, um, even though that's a part of the, like a primary part of the work, but it is about mm-hmm. holding space and having that place of empathy and patience and compassion and giving support for people to be able to listen and, you know, get amazing with themselves. So I do think um, going to zenblacksheet.com and possibly just exploring the About Us and going to the homepage and even the free consultation, I think I saw you had on there for ways for people to just talk with you and at least leave a note. Um, What's next for Sean Mack and Zen Blacksheet? What are you working on right now? I mean, I got a lot. Like, um, so I'm a holistic health coach, and you know, you know, we barely touched into that, like with like cooking and stuff like that. But you know, you know, that'd be a great, great conversation for the future. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, I, you know, with uh, holistic health coaching, one of the main things I do is help people transition to a plant-based diet. I real I realized that within the last couple of years, with this like quantum leap of of uh, evolution for me, food had something to do with a uh, large part to do with it. You know, changing my diet and reclaiming my health because I was having some health issues and I was able to not be codependent so much on, on external factors or, you know, saying or, or dependent on others. So like mm-hmm. reclaiming my health is a big thing. Plant-based diets and transition. I like to work with people who are like just beginning or don't know what the hell they're doing with vegan plant-based diets. So I like to help those people transition their diet. Um, so I'm doing stuff with that. I'm gonna do some like cooking shows, some pop-ups maybe. Um, got a couple of different vendors to work with. There's a local supermarket that I'm I'm working with as well. Mm-hmm. And um, on the on the healing side, that's a continuous thing. Each week I hold, uh, you know, I'm one of the facilitators for healing and masculinity, which is out of the out of the um, wellness center um, rooted, which is mm-hmm. um, rooted healing. And they do a lot for the community, and I and I'm just grateful and, and that I can actually be part of that. Um, so you're part so of yeah, a group, a group or uh, people that work with helping holistic healing. Can someone get to you, get that information by just reaching out to you on Instagram? You know, just yep, kind of DMing reach- you and saying, hey. Yeah, they can um, reach out to me, or they can look up the IG. It's called Rooted. It's R O O T, the number three, and then D. And then healing, so it's mm-hmm. rooted three. It's kind of with that three because it's mind, body, and spirit. Mm-hmm. And there's so many dope, um, so many dope, amazing healers, and it's just diverse too. So you have therapists, you have um, Reiki healers, yoga instructors, you have tarot card readers, you have um, just so many different modalities for healing. And the location of it is is centered where. Typically, there aren't healing centers, you know, so it's, it's, it's in a place where people of color can have access to these things. You know, it's not it's not out of reach for them. And so that's um I've been working with them for a while now. And, you know, it's just it's just an extension of my soul family, so to speak. And so, yeah, doing stuff with them. And then, um, you know, Clubhouse, I've been doing some moderating in Clubhouse um, with with health coaching and also, um you know, Working with some others, with some doing some like men's groups type of stuff too. Oh. So, 
Yeah, I'm just uh, really just kind of expanding out, but then also allowing myself time to just restore and chill. So like, <laughs> and and I feel like it just has those days where I'm not doing anything too. So yeah, you gotta so, you gotta take a bath every now and then, you know. You exactly. Like be still in the hot waters of it all. No, mm-hmm. that's that's good, man. I I think um, I'm hearing a lot of similarities to the approach of this healing work is work. You know, like you right. can't read about push-ups or you know, you can't read about um, being a great athlete and then you're just automatically an athlete. You know, um, I think there's a quote that says, uh, hard work is usually disguised in overalls and discipline. You know, mm. or, no, it's, it's opportunity is usually disguised in overalls and discipline. And mm. if you find a way to put on your overalls and work hard and discipline yourself, then those opportunities will show up. And it's not even just about, like, success. It could just be opportunity in yourself, having the time freedom to breathe, you know, um, mm. giving yourself the permission to let go and to accept and to grow. Uh, I think, like, a lot of what I'm hoping that we're all doing intentionally is to give all of us the freedom to be, you know, whether internally, um, outside of our societal chains or struggles or concepts. So uh, Mm. the work continues. Um, We didn't really, like you said, tap into the nutritional aspect, like food-wise, because that's definitely, I would say, part of the beginning of when you're working on yourself. Um, Just start eating healthier and or take away certain things out of your diet. A lot of people would ask, like, how do I get better? You know, what do I do? And they might want to read a book or say a couple mantras or, like, they want the magic wand. You know, like, Mm -hmm. so if I meditate for five minutes every day uh, for a whole week, I'm cured? Okay. By day two. (laughs) But by day two, they gave up. Even if you told them by day five, which obviously is not the truth, but, you know, they, they would want to believe it. And then still by day two, they give up. And I mean they meaning we. So we are no different, you know, when we... Just because we've learned how to swim through the monkey waters doesn't mean the water is not monkey. Like, we still have yeah. to do it. And I feel like so that's I part of, like, I was going to say, I feel like that's part of, like, the societal density, so to speak. Yeah. That's, like, the way society has been, like, built is, like, we're all have, we, we all get that instant gratification, which kind of keeps us away from, like, real growth a lot of times yeah. because it's uh it's hard to see that long term because we're just over, we're just flooded with so many different things. Like we're, we just take too much information, and in, I think a lot of times. And you're saying it though. We are doing this. We are opening mm-hmm. our receptors to these spaces, you know. And so many mm-hmm. of our receptors are naturally open because we're beings of light in that way, you know. I think it's all darkness, and the light comes from within, you know. So in 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 that way, we kind of have to constantly be absorbing. And our mm. channels and our chakras are open always, you know, but where do you mm. breathe into that space enough for it to come down onto earth, into your perception of it? Uh, that's how I think of it, you know, like the mm. work is constantly transmuting on itself. It's not something that just like there it is and you get the answer and now you're fixed. Like, nah, man, like you're only fixed the more work you do. You know, like the fixing right. comes from it and comes from the work, and that to itself can be exhausting. 
So mm-hmm. having space with brothers like yourself or opportunities with people where I can I can grow is my is my duty, you know, is my job. But as much as it's also my nourishment, because I know I can mm-hmm. come come to this space to just uh, relax for a second. Man, this mm-hmm. load is heavy. But just because I'm strong doesn't mean I lift heavy things. And these these people are okay with that. Oh, my God, look at the weight on my shoulders. Even though I'm holding the boulder up still, it's less. The weight on my mm-hmm. shoulder is less because I have a space where I can say this shit is heavy. Mm. Yeah. So um, I love this, man. I love I, I want to actually tap into your space because I do feel like I'm Pluto or like my own black sheep out here, or I am the only black cosmonaut out here. And I want to continue sharing that space with people that you are, you are cosmonaut. We are all cosmonauts. And Mm. the more we dig into that space, then you can be your only black cosmonaut and um, your one dark universe, your inner space archaeologist. So Mm. I would love to do this again and at least maybe, um, bring more depth into the nourishing aspects and maybe even break down some examples of how they can eat. Cause I've personally tried the vegan life before and I was not successful because I wanted to also bulk up and, mm-hmm. um, talk even back to sticks book, you know, um, right. Live plant leave iron, you know? Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I got that one. It's one of my, it was a good book. Really good. Yeah. It, I love that book and strange. And I, and I will say that I didn't know anything about the book when I met him. I knew he said mm-hmm. he was going through a journey and he was working on this um, path. And I met him because we both had the same personal trainer. But then I didn't realize how much of it was part of his, like, cultivation, you know, going through some experience in his life. And then um, even though he no longer lifts iron like he does now, what I got from the book is that it was part of like a, a continued cultivation process in yourself. And he wanted to get stronger from being a skinny guy because of the image it was portrayed, but not that he felt less than a man. It's just, he wanted to become Mm. a better man. And some of these better man paths are betterment. Playing with words. Mm. Some of these betterment paths (laughs) were not traditionally (laughs) what men were supposed to do. You know, so here it is, this guy's having gout, he's having bad experiences in life, and he's just not feeling well, and he got generational things going on that he just wants to heal, and all the things that he sees in examples to his healing is what people are saying is whack, or not mm. in part with what a man is, you know, or at least in the way he was going around society and coming from, like, that whole dead prez era. So I'm really right. thankful for brothers like himself and, um, you know, who are willing to step out and step up. And, again, he saw some light in me, and I appreciate that. To You know, to this day, I'm, he continues to inspire me. And so I would hope yeah. to be in light with some of his work or just a reflection of that for all of us. That's why I'd like to, you know, create space for you and I and things like that, too. So uh, is there yeah, any- yeah. Well, is there anything you think you can leave um, the listeners with, like a guiding light, you know, go to Zen Black Sheep, reach out to you and talk to you and get with this healing process, or what else? What else you got? I mean, the only other thing that I would say is just, uh, you know, just be patient with yourself 
and mm. accept who you are, where you're at at the moment. Mm. And I think once you do that, you sit down, you can actually just see where you're at and allow yourself to be like, okay, this is where I'm at, and then go from there. So I feel like that's always a good starting point and a reset and just being mindful mindful as well. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, those are the resets. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we definitely we definitely need to chop up some more. I'm sure we gotta have a lot of a lot of good conversations. Yeah, no, my number is open well. to you, brother. I'll I'll definitely say it. My number is open to you and I will keep the same out text you now and then and I actually do want to get into that clubhouse space with you and, you know, talk more about it because this is again, this is what I want. You know, I I don't want to be alone in this practice and I don't feel like I'm alone. But the idea of the conversation and cultivating an actual environment for it is what I'm looking for. I want to be a mm-hmm. part of. Part of my mm-hmm. life is never, never, never try to be the center, but to be a part of the center. And as a mm-hmm. Leo, it was very hard because I was always center stage, even when I didn't want to. You know, right. and I was a cowardly lion, if anything. So mm-hmm. to become courageous, I had to find my heart, you know, in that right. way and find find out who I truly was and that's what I'm continuing to do. I've had two open heart surgeries in this dimension. So there's a lot mm. for me there that I know is a part of my journey. And I would mm. love to find out if I'm not the only one on the on this yellow brick road. You know, and mm. um get into this get into this this magical kingdom that only you find out the magic is within you. There's no Wizard mm. of Oz and all this other stuff. So, mm. uh, yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Thanks so much to the listeners for taking space to listen. And I hope you guys got some gems, if anything. I know I did. And, again, Sean Mack is out here. He's on Instagram as Zen Black Sheep. And he's just been doing this work, work as a holistic leader and healer in his own space and Again, Sean, just thank you, man. Thank you for being you as a man. Uh, thank you for being you as a vulnerable young man. And thank you for being you as a divine feminine, you know, that nourishing space. Yeah, thank you for having me and, you know, allowing me the space for this. It's, uh, much gratitude, much love. Thank you very much. No doubt, brother. I'll, you know what? I'll put it out there and let's say maybe in a week or two, let's revisit this conversation. And um, let's see what the listeners think and, you know, just like build build cultivation space. Absolutely. I'm with it. So this is part one of what is a man, you know, and then we can uh, step into part two maybe. So thanks so much, Sean Mack. Thank you. Enjoy your sunny day. I will enjoy the snow here and use it as part of my Sunday's meditation. All right, brother. Peace. Peace, man. Have a good one. Bye. You too. Bye.